podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are previewing the season finale. It is senior day for the Kansas Jayhawks football team. Uh, they are facing the West Virginia Mountaineers, uh, a, a team that is struggling now to make to try to make a bowl game, get all those extra practices, figure out what they have for next year. To help me preview the game and kind of talk about the opponent that the Jayhawks have, coming back to the podcast, Brandon Phoenix of the Raspy Voice Kids. Brandon, how you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Fresh off that RVK WTAP connection. Just got out the car. I'm ready to rock. Glad to be here. Yeah, awesome. So West Virginia has had a very up and down season. Um, like I think that's putting it mildly. Um, you know, they are five and six. They need this win here in order to make it to a bowl game. Um, you know, based off of what we talked about going into the year, this was kind of where I think a lot of West Virginia fans were either afraid of or hopeful that they might be at this point. Like it was either going to go really good or really bad, or it could be kind of somewhere here in the middle. What have your thoughts been on the, on the season overall for, for West Virginia? We were hoodwinked. We were bamboozled. We were lied to. They told us that Jared Deggie was significantly improved, and he is not. He's not. He's a serviceable quarterback. He lead Well, at one point, I think before the Texas game, he may still lead the Big 12 in passing yards. I can't remember. But he also led in interceptions for the Big 12. So speaking of the season being up and down, it's really gone kind of as Jared Deggie has gone. I thought we'd win a lot more football games. I did not see us losing to Maryland. I did not see us losing to Texas Tech. But by the same token, I never thought we could beat Iowa State, and I didn't think we'd have the horses to beat Texas. We've done all of those things. So like you said, up and down is a great way to describe it. The fan base is torn. There are people who want Neil Brown fired. They want to move on after season three. And then there are people who are still trusting the climb. I fall into the side of it. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I see progress in some areas. And then I see places where I don't see enough progress, where it's frustrating, offensively primarily. Um, so, yeah, that's where we are. We're ready to get this win. If we, if we can't get this win, the season is a failure. If we get the win, then I'm, I'm willing to accept the season. I won't call it a success, but it, I'll say it's acceptable. So this game to me is for all the marbles. Well, I mean, and I, and I guess that kind of leads us into like, if they don't get this win, do you think that firing Neil Brown after the season is on the table? No, <laughs> no. Okay. They owe him $20 million if they fire him. Okay. No, I'm not Texas. Like, we're I know I, I, I just, I, I understand you were talking about, you know, and it's, it's been three years, you know, if it's not going the way, you know, a lot of fan bases, if you, if you're fairly certain it's not going to be the guy you want to get out as soon as possible, but obviously the, finances are are a big issue especially at places you know like kansas and west virginia and some of these teams that aren't printing money like like texas is but um well you know, i'll say the other thing that's interesting that my brother jeremy brought up not only is it a financial issue but there are so many openings in college football right now that you're fighting for every coach that's out there and west virginia is not going to be very high in the pecking order so it's not yeah. just a financial issue. it's a you know it's not just a financial issue it's also a competitive issue. So really, this is this would be a terrible time to fire, fire Neil Brown, regardless of where you fall and who he is. Right. It, it, it's almost a, a supply and demand thing. In order to get any coach that's worth his salt to come in at this point, you'd have to offer so much more money and pay the buyout for Neil Brown. 
Um, I, I do think it's safe to say, though, if they can't get this win, he is probably on the hottest seat you could possibly have going into next year. Um, so you did talk about Daigie and kind of what's been going on there. Um, you know, I, I agree. I had expected him to take a step forward from everything that I was hearing this year. I, I remember over on the 10-12 podcast, I thought that, you know, West Virginia was a dark horse for that, you know, third, maybe even, you know, challenging for, for a spot in the uh, Big 12 championship game because that was like the main thing that was missing was, you know, consistent quarterback play. Um, what do you think it is? Like, is, is it just the Daigie is nowhere near as developed or is are there other things that are making it difficult for him to get to where he needs to be? No, we have a we have a young offensive line that has gotten consistently better over the year. So as the season's progressed, that offensive line has gotten better, which means that Deggie's had more time. And when he has a clean pocket, Deggie is an efficient quarterback. He's a guy who can move the chains. He's a guy who can help you win. He's not going to put up a lot of points no matter what you do for him. But he can, he's a guy who can facilitate your offense. And he can run that offense uh, effectively. The offensive line had to mature. And they had to gel together. Doug Nestor, a guard for us had a broken hand early in the season. That was a problem. Once his hand healed, he played a, a lot better. He still hasn't lived up to expectations, but he's gotten much better. Um, Wyatt Milam, a four-star freshman, expected a lot of things out of the guy. It took him a while to get used to being in big boy football, but he's starting to get acclimated to where he is. Zach Frazier, steady as always. The offensive line really just had to get good. And once they got pretty good, then Deggie did a lot better. One statistic that Jeremy pointed out that I like to regurgitate is the fact that West Virginia has not lost under Neil Brown when they run for over 100 yards. Now, we've won games without running for 100 yards. We've never, we never lose if we run for over 100 yards. When that offensive line was opening holes, letting Lady Brown cook, then Davies' job's easier, the defensive job's easier, and West Virginia was able to capitalize on that. And that's what we've seen throughout the season. When we run for 100 yards, we win. When we don't, we don't. Yeah, I mean, and that's definitely going to be super important in this game because Kansas's rushing defense is really not good. Um, you know, they they have their moments, but I think they're definitely going to give West Virginia the opportunity to do it. Like, I, I think it's pretty much a given at this point that West Virginia is going to rush for at least 100 yards in this game. So, really, it's going to put that stat, that that streak to the test um, in this game. If, you know, if if Kansas wins, I have to feel like that that streak gets broken. Um if, you know, obviously, I, like, I just, I, I don't see how Kansas stops West Virginia from that rushing. So, um, you know, I, I, so talking about the rushing, you know, Letty Brown is the leading rusher for the team. Um, you know, it, there really isn't anyone else I'm looking at that is, you know, besides Garrett Green, the quarterback, uh, who is, you know, one of those consistent rushers. So, I mean, is has it really been his show? Is he, Letty Brown, um, like, is he... The, work, the workhorse for this team where most of the offense is coming or has, has he been more, or I should say less of a focus of the offense than he probably should be? We've thrown the ball a lot more than what I anticipated this year. So we've thrown a lot. But Letty Brown, when we're running the ball, is the guy who's getting the ball. Tony Mathis has seen very limited action. He's been explosive in moments when he's been in the game, but he really doesn't see the game that much. And then Justin Johnson, or yeah, Justin Johnson doesn't see the game almost at all since the early parts of the season. Garrett Green is at the change of pace. He's the guy where they'll run the read option, and he'll keep it a lot of times. If he can bust out big plays, 60, 70-yard runs are possibilities with Garrett Green. He's not Pat White, um, but he's faster than Skylar Howard, who was an effective runner for us back in the day, too. <clears throat> it really is the Letty Brown show overall, though, when you're looking at what we're doing on the ground. Yeah, I mean, when you have a running back that that's that good, I mean, you know, we have a conference full of running backs that are really good. 
which is kind of weird, you know, for for a Big 12 team that I'm used to growing up in. But, uh, you know, it used to be that Kansas was the only one that had a, a running back that was just like, knock your socks off. But then the rest of the offense was so bad that it didn't matter. But, um, yeah, this is absolutely a running back conference at this point. So t- talking, though, about the wide receivers, because, you know, yeah, Kansas didn't, you know, the the, the running was so good for, for TCU in this last game and honestly in, in the Texas game, too. Uh, that receiving was kind of an afterthought, especially last week against TCU. I, I feel like, though, um, that they, they are going to have to be successful at throwing the ball at least a decent portion of the time. They're going to have to throw it more than 16 times this week, I think, uh, in, in, in order to win this game, especially with how hyped up the Jayhawks are going to be. Who in that wide receiver core are the guys that Kansas fans should be watching out for? Well, normally I would say Bryce Ford Wheat. BFW, he's a legacy for us. Big guy, they call him Moose. He makes acrobatic catches, especially one that he made against Iowa State. I typically say him, but he got injured against Texas. He says he's all good, but we'll see if he actually gets to play. We'll see if he actually plays. And if he does play, if he's a shell of himself or if he's 100%. I doubt he'll get a, he'll be 100%, but we'll see what Bryce Ford Wheaton can do. That would typically be my answer. So instead of him, I'm, I'm going to say uh, Caden Prather, number three. He's a true freshman. He's a big body receiver. He looks like a man. And he's really come on the last couple of weeks. He's really shown that he belongs in this wide receiving core, in this lineup the last couple of weeks against Kansas State first and then Texas second. So Caden Prather is a guy to watch out for. Sam James, another guy who's explosive. He broke records his freshman season, but then really didn't show up at all last year, sophomore season. He's kind of reemerged. He looked really good on the first drive against Texas. He's got big playability. So we'll see what happens there. Winston Wright is our kick returner, but he's also a receiver with wheels. You never know with him. He could all he could be explosive at any moment. But if you put my my feet to the flame, I'm going to say Caden Prather is going to be the guy with the breakout game. Yeah, I was I was trying to look at Winston Wright's game log just to kind of see, and I mean, it seems like he's all over the place. You know, he either has yes. a lot of you know catches for a lot of yards, or he only gets in the receiving game a couple times. Like Oklahoma State. Now I, I realize Oklahoma State shut a lot of people down. He only had three catches for 20 yards against Virginia Tech. He only had one catch for six yards. Uh, you know, LIU where everybody was eating in that game. He only had three catches for 59 yards. So he, it looks like a lot of his plays are big chunk plays, but he doesn't necessarily get a lot of them, um, which could potentially be concerning in terms of if you're looking for that receiving or that consistent receiving threat. Um, and that's really where Kansas has struggled defensively is, you know, having two wide receivers that are very consistent, that can get yards, can get those chunk plays, um, you know, kind of at that medium depth and really, force the the defensive secondary to back off a little bit, which opens up even more holes for the running game. So, I mean, I, I, I personally think that's probably how West Virginia is going to have to attack is to try to get those medium range passes against Kansas to open things up, to make sure that they can get the rushing success that they need. But I mean, is that how you envision this, this offense trying to attack Kansas or was there something else that jumps out to you that they do really no. well that you think that they can do? I don't think we're going to do anything different than what we've been doing. What Neil Brown does is what he does. And it's good, and it's also bad. So I think he's going to come out and just attack the way they always attack. Uh, I think Letty's going to run the ball because, like you said, Kansas struggles with rush defense. I think they're going to run the ball with Letty. Um, I think you'll see a little more Garrett Green because of the fact that they're going to be running the ball. When it comes to intermediate routes, that's where Daggy shines. 10 to 20 yards, he does really well. He does not do well throwing the ball deep. He doesn't stretch the defense. So if I'm Kansas, I wouldn't be worried about stretching the defense. I'd be focused on those intermediate routes and stopping the run. But that's what they're going to do. That's what West Virginia is going to come out and do. They showed a couple of trick plays last week. One was successful. 
you know, relatively, and the other one was not at all. Um, so I don't think there's going to be, I think it'll be very straightforward. I mean, I really do. I think it'll be very straightforward. Mono e mono. See what you got. See if you can stop it. Well, that'll be good. I mean, regardless of, of how it ends up in terms of who, who actually wins the game, I think it's going to give us a good opportunity to kind of evaluate where these teams are at, um, you know, going into the year. I mean, yes, West Virginia has an opportunity to still make it to a bowl game to get some additional growth at that point. But both of these teams really with the, the fact that this could be the last game for both of them um, are trying to evaluate where they're at, where they need to build from. And, you know, figuring out who they have and, and what value you have there. And that's really important for a lot of people that are on that, that are trying to figure out what they want to do with sponsor here on the podcast. Uh, that would be symbol symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off of your sports knowledge on symbol. You can trade sports teams like stocks. And every time your teams win, you earn cash, use that sports knowledge to buy low and sell high and join the 8,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Go to symbol.com. That's S I M B U L L.com. Create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use promo code chalk 12 for a money back guarantee. Yes, you heard that right. Symbol has uh, is offering a money back guarantee to all the listeners of the show and everyone here on the 1012 network. What that means is you can get in there, you know, have a lot of fun now, get started on your college football, you know, picks for next year, where you think you're going to find value or get involved with the NBA, the NHL, the NFL is all going on right now. You know, you can get ready for MLB. They're going to be adding soccer and potentially college basketball next year as well. So they got a lot of great stuff coming, Um, but you can get in there, try it for 90 days. And if you lose money, you know, up to $500, you can get that initial deposit back if you decide that you're done at that point. So it's an absolutely fantastic opportunity. It's a growing market. It's a really fun time. I'm over there enjoying myself immensely. Go to symbol.com, use promo code shock 12, get that money back guarantee on your initial deposit up to $500. All right, Brandon. So we've talked about the offense. Um, what, well, what else does this does do do Kansas fans need to know about this West Virginia offense going into the game? Is is there a spot that we haven't really talked about? Something that's going to be super important? No, we've talked about everything. I, one, I mean, like I said, we we mentioned briefly about Garrett Green. I'm curious to see how much they use him. Uh, he was banged up prior to the Texas game. He did not travel to Kansas State. Uh, he played two plays, I think, against Can- against Texas. If Garrett Green plays, it opens our offense up tremendously. They don't trust him all the time because he turns the ball over. He does fumble the football. Um, but I think that's one thing to watch for if you're a Kansas fan. If you see number six come in, we're probably going to be running the ball. We'll see what happens there. But I think it makes our offense a little more dynamic. So I do want to ask about that offensive line, though, because because we did talk about them a little bit, that they've been improving over the year. Um, but I, I haven't really noticed one way or another how much better they've gotten at handling pressure on the quarterback. Kansas does have a really good defensive lineman in Kyron Johnson who has been wreaking havoc on a lot of teams. Um, you know, the rest of the defensive line, though, isn't necessarily that great. They have to kind of do some scheming to get other people to get pressure when Johnson gets double teamed. But um, how worried are you about the pass rush or is that something that the offensive line has gotten fairly good at at this point? Brandon Yates, our left tackle, had played probably his best game of the season against Texas. Um, I think the I think they'll have to scheme. We don't have a great offensive line still. They're much better than what they were. Gundy, before the Oklahoma State game, said that it was the best offensive line in the Big 12, that WVU had the best offensive line in the Big 12. Now, I know coaches do that coach speak, so we're used to the coach speak. But to call them the best, I thought that was a little extreme. And then they went out and had eight sacks against us. So... <laughs> I don't know that I don't know that we're going to be prepared to handle a decent pass rush just one on one. They'll have to scheme. They might have to chip using our tight ends, using our running backs. 
Um, but I think they'll be prepared for it. And I think they're up for the challenge. Yeah, the one thing I will say is that uh, Mike Gundy likes to talk up the opposing team a whole bunch more than they probably deserve. Um, now, I think that's just that, that old, sky, old school style of coaching and coach speak that he does. But to his, you know, to his point, he, he is usually pretty good at picking out like the best parts of the team that they're playing and, and talking those up as opposed to, you know, just picking something. Everyone's like, what? Like, are you actually watching what's going on? So, um, you know, the fact that he talked about the offensive line, I think, is definitely a promising sign for, for West Virginia fans. Um, you know, I am kind of worried about what Kansas is going to be able to do because TCU's offensive line was beat up, but did an OK job of holding up uh, to, to give Duggan a bunch of time. And, you know, Texas, like that's where where Kansas feasted and Texas's offensive line is absolutely atrocious. Um, so, you know, that's I, I do worry about that. I do think that Johnson is going to have an opportunity to, to affect some plays. The question is going to be, can he get in there quick enough to actually get some sacks or to completely disrupt it or you know, Kansas has has a pretty good record of bringing guys from the other side too. Um, you know, Caleb Sampson, a few other defensive linemen that they have that can actually get in there and, you know, take advantage of the fact that Kyron Johnson is usually getting double teamed all, all over the place. So I, th- that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most is trying to figure out who actually wins that battle. We'll, we, we will talk about the other side and then kind of talk about overall keys of the game. But before we do that, I do need to throw it to a quick break so we can talk about all the other great podcasts we have here. On, on the 1012 Network. We will be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Basketball season is finally here, Big 12 fans. And for your home for men's and women's basketball, come to Midwest Madness. We are doing game coverages, going over game analysis, different rankings of teams, and consistently looking at the best matchups in the conference. You're not going to want to miss out on all the amazing basketball coverage we have, so go check out Midwest Madness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by my brother, Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, any place. Get at your boys. And we're back. All right, we're here with Brandon Phoenix of the Raspy Voice Kids. Uh, we are previewing this West Virginia matchup. Senior day for the Kansas Jayhawks. West Virginia, the strength of the team last year and what everybody assumed was going to be the strength they weren't necessarily going to take a huge step back would be that defense. They've had a pretty good defense this year. Hasn't been quite as you know good as I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. Um, who are the main contributors, though, for this defense? And what has really kind of set the tone for how this defense plays this year? Well, up front, it's Dante Stills and Akeem Mesidor. Those guys are the disruptors. Those guys are the game changers. Akeem Mesidor doesn't get a lot of statistical praise, but he does a lot to affect the game, to open things up for the other guys around him, including Dante. If you're not, if you're not, watching Akeem, he's going to wreck you. So Akeem Mesador, Dante Stills, watch for those guys. Josh Chandler Samito at the second level, at the linebacker level, number seven. He's a guy that you're going to watch for, quarterback in that defense, making a lot of plays. He's a, he's a really good linebacker. I wouldn't call him great, but he's solid. He's a solid linebacker for us. In the secondary, we are really, really beaten up. We lost Drayshawn Miller and Tyke Smith to transfer before the season started. Then we had injuries. We've had injuries to Nick Troy Fortune. He's out for the year. We've had injuries to other defensive backs, and so we're really thin. Um, Daryl Porter Jr., a freshman, has played really well, and I like him. I like him in most of his matchups. I think that we're going to be okay. Sean Mahone has played really well. 
Um, and the other guys back there, uh, Alonzo Aday, solid guy, solid secondary. So I think the defense will be they'll be just fine. I'm not saying, by the way, that they're going to shut Kansas down. Kansas right. is probably going to score points. They scored 57 against Texas. To put that into perspective, we were only able to score 31. So I expect Kansas to put points up, but I expect our defense to be solid, especially in the second half. We seem to adjust well. Jordan Leslie does a good job. Yeah, I mean, and and that's kind of what I'm wondering about, too, because, you know, Kansas went down to TCU, who has an okay defense this year, not nowhere near as, as good as people expect it to be, but was able to put up points. You know, they, they put up 28 points total with two touchdown drives in the first half and two in the second half. Um, and I think what was most impressive for Kansas was that they did the, the two in the second half without Devin Neal, you know, the, the, the star running back that they have. I'll be interested to see if he actually plays. That could be a, a huge boost to West Virginia's chances here to not have to contend with him because as last I heard, and, you know, full disclosure, we, we are recording this Wednesday afternoon. Um, you know, so there hasn't been a lot of information coming out about whether he's going to be available for this game or not. But I, I would imagine that if he's able to go, he's going to go. Um, but, you know, it seemed like his shoulder injury was serious enough last week that they may hold him out for just precautionary reasons with with no bowl game at play here. So um, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see there. But, you know, Kansas has definitely shown the ability to kind of do a lot of different things. So if, you know, if if, if you are the offensive coordinator for Kansas, knowing what you know about West Virginia's defense, where would you say the best place to try to attack this defense would be? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, with a dual threat quarterback like you have, it gives you a lot of options. And we traditionally have not done well against dual threat quarterbacks. And to be fair, I don't think most defenses do well against dual threat quarterbacks, especially at the collegiate level. Um, But throwing the ball, trying to get our corners one-on-one, if you can do that, um, what would be what I would try. And the reason I would try that is because our corners were thin there. So there's going to be a lot of fatigue if you can get the ball up enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for well, sure. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The, <laughs> so I, I worry about fatigue. I worry about depth. Um, but other than that, our defense is pretty solid. We're, we're a pretty solid defense, and I trust them. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things where – Kansas is able to do a whole lot more than they were at the beginning of the year. And I think that a lot of things have really kind of jumped out um, and made it a little bit more difficult for these teams at the end, which is the the development that we wanted to see. But, you know, I, I am kind of curious because they have made most of the, you know, the progress with that, sh- that, that, that intermediate passing game. The, the fact that Jalen Daniels and even Jason Bean before can get out and be able to throw while they're, you know, out on the side has been super helpful for them. You know, how how is how has West Virginia's, you know, secondary been able to handle that type of play where, you know, it looks like it could be a run to the, you know, to the sideline, um, and then it turns into a pass all of a sudden, or, you know, even just the whole, you know, bootlegs out at that point. Well, for the most part, we've been pretty disciplined, which is what I like to see, what I expected out of Neil Brown. Jordan Leslie does a good job schematically. Um and we seem to get better as the game goes on, which is another thing that I like. The best and most important part of coaching, in my opinion, is adjustments. Whether that's adjusting to your personnel or adjusting to what the other team has shown you, adjustments. And Jordan Leslie, over time, makes adjustments. He's very, very good. And I, and I respect how, how he calls a game, and I respect the results. Um, like I said, I think Kansas will put up points, but I think the defense will do enough to keep us, to keep us in the game. 
Yeah. The one other kind of matchup, and, and I mean, we'll get to, to matchups and keys of the game specifically, but the one that kind of intrigues me, and I'm wondering how West Virginia could potentially handle it is, you know, Kansas in this offense prior to Tory Lachlan getting injured, you know, in the, in the game against, uh, Oh gosh, I don't even remember where the, who it was that he got injured against. Oh, it would have been actually Oklahoma state. I think, um, you know, before getting injured in that game, um, you know, he was a former QB that got converted to running back and Kansas likes to run those guys out on the edge with the ability, you know, to be able to throw, to kind of give a different look. Um, since Jason Bean lost the starting spot to Jalen Daniels due to injury, um, you know, Bean last week against TCU absorbed that role now where he is playing majorly at running back. So not only do you have a dual threat QB, but you now also have a dual threat running back at the same time that, um, you know, is, is getting in for a decent amount of snaps. How much does that worry you? And like, that is definitely, I think, a look that Kansas has that most teams don't have because they don't have a running back that, you know, plays quarterback as well. How worried are you about the, the possibilities that that opens up against this West Virginia defense? Oh, significant. It's very significant. It's a significant development. Um, it's important to read your cues. It's important to be disciplined when you're playing a team like Kansas. Trust your coaching. Trust film. Trust what you studied all week. That's going to be the mantra, I would imagine, coming out of Jordan Leslie and the rest of the coaching staff. Um, and while I am worried about it, I'm not overly concerned. Listen, sure. the game is what? WVU is favored by 14 and a half, 15 points most places, right? right? Yep. I think that's high. I, I agree. So. Be, I think this game is going to be much closer than 14 and a half to 15 points. I said that as soon as I heard the line right away. Like, I expect this to be a game from start to finish. I really do. Yeah, I think I think after the end of the TCU game, you know, having seen what you guys did to Texas, like, I, I looked at that, I was like, okay, so w- when lines come out, I'm expecting it to be maybe – you know, seven to 10 points, West Virginia. Like I fully expected West Virginia to be favored. They really should be because they should be the better team in this one. Um, But, you know, given how the momentum that Kansas has, the way that they've been playing and the fact that, you know, like unless you're taking into account that you don't expect Devin Neal to be playing in this game, that 15 doesn't make sense to me. Um, If, you know, they're fairly certain that he's not playing in this game, then I think that makes it a little bit more difficult to, to, you know, to to not ride with that line because Kansas does miss quite a bit when Devin Neal is not playing. But, um, you know, that was a a huge number to me when I first saw it. And, you know, Kansas going from not being able to cover anything in the beginning half of the season to now, it seems like they can't, you know, like the last two games, they covered those two spreads easily. It really makes me wonder what's what's going on with this one and what we're going to see. Um, you know, I, I do, it, it is a night game in Lawrence. Um, the one thing that I am kind of curious, uh, is how many West Virginia fans are going to show up. And honestly, I am kind of curious as well because, you know, you know, we, we don't call it home field magic for nothing, but, uh, West Virginia does have with sponsor here on the podcast, home field apparel. They do actually have a line with home field, whereas Kansas doesn't, but real quick, before we actually talk about that, you know, home field apparel, Glad to have them here as a sponsor on the podcast. They have the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. Uh, T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, sweatshirts. I have a whole bunch, honestly, like a whole lot more than I probably should, considering Kansas doesn't actually have a line with home field, but it is just that good. You know, I got my wife last year for Christmas. I got her. She loves owls. So, like, if, if you're looking for a reason to buy something, just find a mascot you think looks absolutely awesome and buy it. I got her a temple one, you know, the angry temple birds shirt. And then I got her a rice owl sweatshirt. She loves those things. She wears them all the time. She steals mine when hers are in the laundry. You know, I've got like BYU. I've got a whole bunch of different shirts that I just was, was browsing around. You can take a look and they've got a whole bunch of 
fantastic stuff. I love all the West Virginia stuff. I already have Iowa State stuff. I've already got like one shirt from every Big 12 school in my cart for the next time that I order. So um, look, the stuff is fantastic. It's super comfortable. You're going to really enjoy wearing it. It gives you a reason to actually appreciate those vintage college logos that everybody else has. If you go over to homefieldapparel.com right now, use promo code CHALK12. You can get 15% off of your entire order. I know that for, for Black Friday, they are doing something where everything on the site is 20% off, but once Cyber Monday hits, if you haven't ordered at that point, you know, you're waiting on a paycheck or something to come in to do all your Christmas shopping, um, head on over there, use that promo code CHALK12, get 15% off your first order, and all orders over $100 get free shipping. Look, they are going to be real busy for the holidays. They already have stuff that's selling out all over the place. Make sure you get over there quickly, take a look at what they have, and, and figure out the stuff that you want to give to everybody on your shopping list today. It's fantastic stuff. I promise you'll not regret it. One, one more time, homefieldapparel.com. Promo code CHOCK12 gets you 15% off your entire first order, and all orders over $100 have, have free shipping. All right. So, Brandon, this game, obviously, you know, it, it is final for Kansas. It is the senior day. I expect there to be quite a bit of Kansas fans because I think that there's a lot of energy around here. But how well does this West Virginia fan base travel? Well, typically we travel pretty well. The trouble is this a, that's a lot of distance to, to cover. Especially on a, on a holiday weekend. On a holiday weekend, which where most people are with friends and family, I don't expect there to be a lot of Mountaineers there in Lawrence. Um, but we usually do travel well. We traveled very well when we were in the Big East. Um, but being in the Big 12, it's really put a wrench in that. I mean, it's changed everything because the, tra- the distances are just so great. So I don't expect there to be a lot of Mountaineers in Lawrence this Saturday. Um, but we'll be watching on TV. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, okay, so... Um, talking about keys to this game, you know, because obviously we've, we've, we've kind of gone over both of these teams. What do you think is going to be the most important matchup for this game this weekend? West Virginia has to run the ball. West Virginia's offensive line and Letty Brown have to get the job done on the ground. That's the most important thing. Keep Kansas's offense off the field, control the clock. That's what we did to Texas. It was successful. I think we have to do the same thing to Kansas. While I was concerned about the fact that Kansas scored 57 on Texas. We only scored 31. I was encouraged by the fact that we only gave up 23 to Texas, and were, whereas Kansas gave up 56. So I really think it's important that ball control, that we have it, you don't sort of keep away game. I think that'll be the biggest factor come Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that's important, but I also think that plays right into Kansas' hands because, like, when Kansas has been successful, they did it against Oklahoma. They did it against Texas for the majority of the game. They did it for large stretches against TCU. Those long, methodical drives that Kansas has that shortens the game, gives them an opportunity to stay close. Kansas' biggest problem a lot this year has been that the defense gets beat up because, you know, they get big plays over the top or they have big holes that open up in the middle because the guys are just tired. They haven't been able to be on the field for very long. Um I'm sorry, they've been on the field for way too long. The offense has, hasn't been on the field for very long. And that's been the key to what Kansas has been doing, the way that they scheme things, the way that they're, you know, they've really slowed the game down. So if West Virginia is doing a similar sort of thing, really slowing the game down, trying to hold on to the ball, yes, you might have long drives all at once. But then, if, you know, the Kansas offense is going to be doing a similar sort of thing, trying to have a really long drive to give them a big time, you know, a big amount of rest to be able to then come and try to get off the field again. So I do think there's going to be a very low scoring game, at least comparatively to what these teams have been doing, just because both offenses are going to be super comfortable slowing it down, trying to run, you know, at four or five yards a pop, you know, just methodically move the ball down the field. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we only had like five or six drives in the entire first half because both teams are going to try to play that ball control offense. 
Um, what's going to be, I think, super important here is how can Kansas disguise what they're trying to do on offense? Because that's what's really worked well for them. We saw a Jared Casey touchdown to TCU to tie the game up, you know, where they brought the tight end over and they had two tackles that were over on the left, you know, so like they, they schemed it out so that you didn't even realize that he was an eligible receiver um, and he was yeah. wide open in the end zone. Like Kansas has gotten really good at figuring out, you know, unique and different ways to really get people involved and do things that you're not really expecting. That's going to have to continue against this West Virginia defense that like you talked about is so, so fundamentally sound. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm wondering I, I, I think that's really what it's going to come down to is who has the most big plays or the most unexpected plays, because this is going to be a game that I don't think has a ton of them um, to that end. Who do you think is going to have the biggest play in terms of the number of yards from scrimmage? I don't usually ask this question, but I think with, with how important big plays are going to be in this game, because they're going to be so scarce. Who do you think actually gets that big breakaway play? Huh? West Virginia has not been good at being explosive this year, yeah. but they, they really have not. Kansas has had way more explosive recently. I should say lately. It seems like they've had a lot more explosion come out of their offense than we have. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Kansas. I think we win the game. I think West Virginia wins the game, but I think Kansas is going to be the more explosive team. I, especially if Devin Neal plays, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost see it like probably the most explosive player from West Virginia is going to be Letty Brown, not because necessarily because of what they do, but I can guarantee there's going to be at least one time where a hole just opens up and he has, you know, 10 yards on either side of him as he runs down the field <laughs> until someone closes at the end or, you know, before he gets the touchdown. Whereas Kansas, I think they're a lot better at scheming open the open plays. They also do have a fairly large comparatively amount of deep receiving threats or guys that can make catches in, in tough situations. Jared Casey has been absolutely phenomenal. You know, walk on that hadn't played before the Texas game. Uh, he made a huge one handed catch going out of bounds last week. Uh, and then the, the, the touchdown to tie it up, you know, but, but Kwame Lasseter is a deep threat that I think has been overlooked. He is, he actually with, with a, I believe he only needs like 60 yards or something in this game to work his way into the top 10 in terms of overall receiving for Kansas. And Kansas has, has had some pretty good receivers back in the day. Um, you know, this is one of those things where he went, he was a former walk-on and worked his way up and has now been consistently one of the better deep threats that, that people just aren't paying attention to. So the, the fact that Kansas does now have Jalen Daniels, they can get him the ball. Um, I think that he's probably going to be the guy for Kansas that has the biggest play. The question is just going to be how many opportunities does Kansas have? So, all right, we are at the point then now you, you kind of, Spoiled yours a little bit, which is absolutely fine because I wasn't sure if I was actually going to ask for it. But your prediction for the game, whether you want to give me a score or you just want to, you know, tell me how you think the game's going to go overall. What do you think is going to happen in this game? You know, are, 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 are West Virginia fans going to be happy with the result? If we win, we're happy. If we win, we're going bowling. A win's a win's a win, especially with this kind of team. We're not Oklahoma. We don't have room to complain about how it looked. You know what I mean? Like, we're at the bar. Well, Some girl gives us her phone number. We can't complain how she looks. All we're happy about is that we got the phone number. Like, I, that's where I, I don't know, right Brandon. I've, I've heard some of your recaps where you guys are upset about the way that you won. You're, you're happy you won, but, like, there's a lot of stuff that you have to complain about. But that's not where we are at this juncture. Fair, at this fair. juncture, we are just happy to get the phone number. If we get the win, we are happy. I, trust me. Bowl game means a lot for us right now. We need those extra practices. Neil Brown needs those extra practices. Um, and he also needs to be able to sell that we are, in fact, climbing. And so if we win, we, you know, that's all that matters. And I think we come out 30-25, win the game. 
don't cover. I always say good teams win, great teams cover. I don't think we cover, but I think we get the win. Yeah, I mean, this is one where I, I really could see it go out either way. You know, Kansas, this is a Kansas team that has done a lot um, in the just the last few weeks, have really built that confidence. This is going to be a senior night. You know, it, it is is a night game in Lawrence, which we don't get too many of those. Um, this team gets amped up for those, though. We saw that in the South Dakota win that they had beginning of the year. Like, yes, it was uh, a way too much of a nail biter, but you think about where the program was at that point, and it was kind of understandable looking back on it now. You know, to be able to sandwich the season with a night game at the beginning with a win and potentially get a night game with a, you know, a potential win at this point would be absolutely phenomenal for this team. Kansas is going to come out fired up. I I agree with you. This is going to be a close game. It's going to be, I think, a a slugfest. I do think it's probably going to be a low-scoring game um, just given, like we said, you know, so much that Kansas wants to do, try to control the ball and shorten the game, and West Virginia is going to do a similar sort of thing, I think. Like, unless there's just a bunch of defensive gaffes by either team, I just don't see this one being super high-scoring. I'm I'm leaning probably towards like a you know twenty one seventeen win. I mean, really? I have a hard time not giving it to West Virginia just because I think that West Virginia is the better team. But what I'd be worried about if I'm a West Virginia fan is that you know this is a game where where Diggie goes inconsistent and that and that they don't move away from him fast enough. Um, you know, Kansas has shown the ability to kind of disguise some coverages at the time, really take advantage of you know teams that just aren't paying attention. You know, Deggie has those throws at least one or two a game where you're like, what the heck was he doing? And Jacoby Bryant is a guy that's, you know, recently been taking advantage of that. He's, he's had interceptions in the last two games. I think he's going to get one here. And I would not be shocked if the mar- the final margin of this game comes down to whether Jacoby Bryant's pick is a pick six or just a pick to give them back the ball. Like, it literally could be that close in this game. Um, you know, so so I think... When we finally get to it and I my actual prediction comes out, it's probably going to be somewhere in like the 27-24 range. Um, but like I, I just think that this game is going to be so close that West Virginia fans are going to be sweating it out. They're going to be happy probably about getting the win, but there's going to be a lot of room to complain about what happened, and, and, and it should have been a whole lot you know, more of a margin than, than it actually was. So, All right, Brandon, final thing. Actually, before we get there, I do want to talk just a little bit of basketball, but the one thing I can guarantee you is that regardless of the outcome – Kansas fans are going to really enjoy this game, enjoy having a relevant football team at this point, you know, and, and a team they can go out and have a whole lot of fun at the end of the season tailgating for. And of course, the best way to improve your tailgate is with sponsoring on the podcast, Gridiron Metalworks. Gridiron Metalworks is where you can get high quality metal home goods for the college super fan in your life, whether that's you or someone else. Find collegiate branded grill grates, griddles, or any number of home decor items, including flower pots, stainless steel bookends, coasters, and can coolers. I have the stainless steel bookend. It's absolutely fantastic. My, mine's actually the steel. It's, it's not even the KU color. It looks so clean, so awesome there on my bookshelf with that Jayhawk cut out of it. Um, you know, they all, but all of these are in actual school colors if you do get the color. It's not like the really close, hey, it's, you know, blue. It might be Kentucky blue, but it's blue. Um, other manufacturers like to use this all the time. It's, you know, good enough. High quality home metal goods, all made in the USA. They continue to add new products all the time for all the schools that they have. You know, I'm looking forward to the coasters that are coming out. You know, I, I've a little birdie told me that they might be doing some of those some, some of those Urgle designs for some of the new Power Five schools that they have. So uh, it should be absolutely fantastic stuff. But uh, go over there, use promo code Chalk12 at GridironMetal.com, get 15% off your entire first order. And right now, all orders have free shipping at this point. They as well are dealing, you know, with Holiday Crunch. Um, you know, it's hard to get materials and get everything that they need. So if you do want to have these in time for Christmas, make sure you order as soon as possible. 
Again, promo code CHALK12 gets you 15% off that entire first order. I can guarantee you when you go over there, you're going to find something for the college fan on your list that they do not have. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. So one more time, gridironmetal.com, promo code CHALK12, get 15% off that entire first order. All right. It's time for basketball because we have to talk basketball because we are a Kansas podcast. And let me tell you, I love this time of year because Thanksgiving tournaments are so much fun. It's an opportunity while everyone else is watching, you know, the Detroit Lions or something like that. I've got basketball on, watching as many games as I possibly can. I'll follow the, you know, football that's going on. Unfortunately, my my wife and a couple of my kids are Dallas Cowboys fans. So we always have to watch that game as well in the afternoon. I can't just binge basketball and nothing but basketball. But looking at West Virginia this year, like what has you most excited about college basketball this season from a West Virginia fan perspective? Huh. I'm not super excited about West Virginia basketball, if I'm being honest. I struggle knowing that at best, we're going to be a 20-win, make-the-tournament team. I don't see what I was hoping to see, which is more of an explosive point guard on this team. we got Kedrian Johnson. He's a great defender, but he's not really a guy who's going to take over the game like Deuce McBride could and make changes for the offense. But we do have Taz Sherman. That guy can take a game over. Sean McNeil can get hot, shoot from pretty much anywhere. And the defense is suffocating, creating all kinds of turnovers. So it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch Huggy climb the ladder. He's now fourth overall and wins all time in NCAA history at 904. He just passed Roy Williams. So that part's fun. I do enjoy watching that. I am enjoying watching Huggy Bear climb and make his case for the Hall of Fame. Um, but, you know, West Virginia is kind of accustomed to having a team that can be in the Sweet 16 every year, right? right. And this year doesn't feel that way. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but that's where I am as far as basketball is concerned. I am. Interested to see if Kansas is as good as advertised. They look like they're loaded for Bear. Um, but we'll see because you never know. Baylor, of course, looks like they're going to be very good. And Chris Beard is always a good coach. We'll see what he does with Texas. Yeah, you know, it. it is kind of funny. Like, you you look over at Ken Palm, and they have projected right now West, West Virginia to go 8-10 and 10 in the conference and finish, it looks like, in a tie for, for sixth place, which, you know, isn't really a slouch when you think about it because this is going to be a tough conference. This conference is absolutely loaded. And kind of to your point, like, if if you're a West Virginia fan, at least you always have Huggy's, you know, antics on the sideline and, you know, his press conferences, everything to look forward to. It's never going to be a dull season if you're a West Virginia fan. Um, but that's the best part, I think, about the entire Big 12 conference is that there's there's something in this conference for everybody. It's going to be an absolute dogfight the entire year. Um, and no matter no matter who you root for, unless, you know, someone like Kansas State, who who knows how much longer they have to deal with Bruce Weber and the teams that he puts together. Um, like you, you have something to be excited about, something that you can enjoy, something you can latch on to to really keep your focus and, and to really keep that interest for the entire year while you're watching college basketball and and of course i'm just you know a guy that loves college basketball anyway regardless of whether my team's good i just happen to root for you know one of the best programs historically for college basketball so it makes it a whole lot easier to you know to to stay engaged throughout the rest of the year but um look i think that there's a really good chance that you know now it's probably only going to be six just because oklahoma state was absolutely you know shafted by being ruled ineligible for the postseason this year but um, this is going to be a really deep conference. going to be a lot of fun. And I do think that West Virginia is going to get a lot of big wins this year that you're going to be like, wait a minute, where did that come from? Because that team probably should have beat us. Um, but that's just how strong this conference is. So, all right, Brandon, any, anything else you want to leave us with, whether it's football or, or basketball or anything else going on in the world of college sports right now? I just want to say the reports of Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes' demise were greatly exaggerated. The Chiefs are back. Yes, you Amen. heard that right, Mike. My- 
my dad was a big Chiefs fan. I see that you're a Chiefs fan. I knew that. I just forgot until I saw, you know, today. Right. So I just wanted to throw that out there. They're back, man. They're back. They're better than ever. They're not going to blow your doors off like they used to, but they're playing solid defense. I really like what they're doing out there in Kansas City. Yeah, you know what? These last two weeks as a, as a Kansas City area fan has been absolutely phenomenal with, uh, you know, Kansas actually being a competent football team, it looks like now, and Kansas City getting back into form where, you know, who knows who's going to win the AFC at this point because it seems like everybody who's been a contender at some point in the season has wanted to fall flat on their face. So, all right, Brandon, thank you so much for joining me. Where, where can everybody find your work online? We are raspy voice kids everywhere. So no matter where you look, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, raspy voice kids, not a lot of us out there. So it's easy to find us. We're on all platforms when it comes to podcast players. We're on all platforms when it comes to social media. I am. I also hate pit because no matter what you know about me, you need to know that I also hate pit. And you can find me, like I said, on all platforms, get out your boys, listen to our podcast. Tell us what you think. We'll enjoy having you. And of course, Raspy Voice Kids is a member of the 1012 Podcast Network, uh, you know, which, which we are a part of. We are absolutely ecstatic to have them over there. Um, look, I, I love the collection of talent that we have over there at the, at the network, and we are really killing it with all the covers that we have. So if you haven't already, go out on Twitter at 1012network, T-E-N-1-2 network. You can find links to all the shows. We're also over on the Land Gearing Gauntlet. Uh, that's kind of our, our website, home base of operations right now. You can find links to everything. We actually are looking at, at adding another show or two coming up here soon. Um, you know, so definitely keep an eye on what's going on there. Uh, we, we have some exciting things happening there, especially if you're a fan of, of a team that we don't currently have a podcast for. So, so keep an eye on that. I'm sure you're going to like a lot of the updates that we have coming on as we continue to give you the best coverage of the entire Big 12 conference over there as a group. So, uh, But that is going to do it for us today. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast so you can subscribe and get every episode as soon as it comes out. Uh, we really do bring the podcast to you guys, get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can let me know by by contacting me on Twitter at Rock Chalk Pod or by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, rating and review five stars, nice comments. would absolutely love that. I am actually compiling reviews now so that I can read them here on the podcast. I will do that next week after the Thanksgiving break. Um, I, I actually have it carved out. I've already got a couple of them there in my, uh, in, in my little notes here for that particular show. So, But again, thank you guys so much for listening. Please, if you haven't already... Um, go out to our sponsors, support the podcast that way. You know, Symbol, uh, Gridiron Metal, Homefield Apparel. Use promo code CHALK12, that's C-H-A-L-K-1-2, at all of those re retailers there to get really, really great deals. But that is going to do it for us today. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Welcome 
to Between Two Bears, the newest 1012 Network podcast. Uh, this is Matt is Bear. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Evan Abair, uh, to give you a quick idea of what the show is about. Yeah, Between Two Bears is going to be a it's going to be a great sorry. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid side of Baylor sports. Hey, I'm going to try one more time. Between two... Be- okay, uh, Evan. Evan's going to go take a nap, um, but we are excited to join the 1012 Network along with the rest of their already great lineup of Big 12 podcasts. Check them out at 1012 Network on Twitter and us as well, at Matt is Bear and at Evan Haybear. Uh, Sick'em Bears. If you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big 10, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horn Frogs, and the Bears. We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. Sports Social Podcast Network.